business coach. Patrice is the co-founder and chief servant officer of both Nehemiah Project International Ministries and PG and Associates LLC, which he founded with his wife and best friend, Gina Saguet. Patrice specializes in helping families incorporate their faith into their business practices, ensuring that their businesses are able to exist beyond the third generation. And now, introducing Patrice Saguet. Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. Good to have you guys again, and we are continuing our discussion on the entrepreneurship uh, as a tool for job creation or job creation through entrepreneurship. And today we're going to be talking about the value of work part three. Uh, and remember, tomorrow we'll have an open mic uh, to deal with your coaching questions as you deal with your businesses, with job retention, job creation, whatever uh, you might uh, you might have or might be might be going through. But today we're going to deal with, with the value of work. Uh, part three. It's part of a series that we're doing on job creation and and through entrepreneurship. We're doing for several weeks as we really talk about, you know, how do we create jobs, the importance of jobs, you know, how as a business, uh, what are things you might be able to do to minimize your losses for 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 job and enhance your job retention. And so yesterday, I, I kind of left us on a cliffhanger where I made a statement that um, that. Uh, the jobs that the one of the the value of work is is this whole idea has work has a redemptive power right uh and so i want to i want to elaborate on that today as we kind of continue this discussion so 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 the the reason that work has a, a redemptive power um is that if you remember in genesis chapter 3 when man sinned uh, man, after man's sin, uh, Genesis chapter three, man was not imperfect. As a matter of fact, let me pull the scripture out because I want to, I want to kind of show it to you. So, so once uh, man sinned in Genesis three, um, you know, Eve is tempted. If you look at Genesis three verse one, now the serpent was more cunning than any other beast in the field which the Lord God had made, and he said, "The woman uh, has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the." Of the garden, and the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat of the tree, uh, the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die.'" She had her own little spin to it. He didn't say anything about touching it. Then verse four. Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die," which was a lie, uh, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, you will you uh, of it. Your eyes will be open, and then you will be like God, knowing good and evil, right? And so that's where the temptation comes. The tempter use subtle words, he use subtlety to to sell the 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 to sell Eve on this on this act of of treason. And then, uh, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was and the tree was desirable. To make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. By the way, when when Adam, uh, when woman, uh, if had had Adam not eaten of the fruit, there would have not been sin on the earth, because the instruction was given to Adam. That's what the Bible says that the woman was tempted, but the man sinned, right? Eve was tempted, but Adam sinned. 
So, so, so once Adam ate of it, then their eyes, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they were, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves uh, uh, coverings. Now, so at this point, they have sinned. And in the midst of the sin that they've created, they're now imperfect, right? Man is now imperfect. And, and so, so, so the sin changed the condition of man. Now man, which means being imperfect, they can no longer have value of an appreciation for the things that God has made. Because he prior to this, man was perfect and had a complete appreciation for the things that God had made and would not corrupt it because they were uncorruptible. But at this point, they are corruptible, they are imperfect. I mean, they are, yeah, they're imperfect. They are corruptible. They are actually corrupt at this point. So then uh, verse, uh, uh, same chapter three, now verse 19, because of this, right? The consequence is that cursed is the ground for your sake until you should eat of it all the days of your life. So the Lord curses the ground. He doesn't curse man. He doesn't curse work, but he curses the ground. What does that symbolize of? In cursing the ground, he changed the economic system. Where prior to this, let's go to Genesis chapter two. Prior to this, Genesis two. If you look at Genesis two, um, verse, uh, let me see. Uh, look at two. Um, verse, uh, let me see here. Um, let's see. If you look at two, uh, when God gave the, uh, two sixteen, I believe, uh, let me see here. There it is. Two sixteen. All right. Let me, let me start at verse 15. It says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden of, you may freely eat. But of the true knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of that. For the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So prior to sin, a man had complete provision without conditions for work. I want you to make sure you understand it. Without condition for work. So when sin occurred, in God cursing the ground, he created a condition that now man had to work if he was going to eat. So here's then the reason. See, because what work would then do, because since man was not imperfect, unable to appreciate what God had given the abundance and the plenty that God had given man, what work will not do will restore in man the appreciation of what God has created. In other words, work, the, the redemptive power of work is that it restores in man the sense of appreciation of the things, of the works of God's hands, right? Let me give you a scenario. So um, I have a client who is a money manager. He manages assets, um, uh, millions, and I have several of them, actually. A few of them manage several billion dollars. So, and, 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 and some of them manage money of their of families, individuals, right? Men and women who run businesses or have worked job for a long time. And they've 
provided they've allowed them to save their money and invest it in different, in different, um, in different things. So here's what this client has shared with me over the years. This client has shared that the biggest concern of their wealthy client is how do they protect their children from their money? I didn't say their money from their children. How do they protect their children from their money? Because what they've come to understand is that plenty in the hand of a child who have not learned to appreciate what they have will ruin them. All right, that's why there's a, there's a disease literally called affluenza, which is the, the a disease that can be caught by the affluence, you know, those who have plenty without a requirement for work. So when we remove work from the equation of provision, we have, we have the potential of ruining our children, our family members, individuals. Salvation cannot do what work can do. Salvation cannot heal us of entitlement. Salvation cannot heal us of the curse of unappreciation. Salvation alone keeps us safe and still entitled. The only thing that can heal us and still unappreciate is still lacking gratitude. The only thing that can heal us from um, a lack of gratitude, from affluenza, from a lack of appreciation is work. That's why work has a redemptive power, right? Work is redemptive. So, so the value of work is that it is redemptive. That's what the Apostle Paul says, if a man does not work, he shall not eat. Because what the Apostle Paul also understood is that a Christian, non-working Christian is an entitled Christian. And if he's allowed to eat, have full provision while being entitled, he will be ruined. So I have two girls. And what I've tried to do over the years that I shared with you guys in the past is teaching the value of work so that they can not be entitled, so that they can be healed or be redeemed from this curse of entitlement and lack of appreciation. Case in point, I've also noticed that when I give them things that doesn't require them to work or to labor, they tend to appreciate it less. Versus things when they're earned by their own effort, they have a greater level of appreciation for those things. Test it out, you'll see. That's why this series is not just important for entrepreneurs, but it's also important for us as, as parents on, on how to instill in our children, instill in our children, the importance and the value of work. So with that, let's continue on our new information. So when we use work solely as a tool for provision, we are operating within the bounds of the law and not under the curse of the law, right? Because the uh, work 
how to not just be a condition for provision, but also out to be an act of obedience and worship of our creator. Because in other words, we have to look at work not just as a post-sin, as a post-sin uh, um, activity, but also as a pre-sin activity, right? So we got to work as though we had not sinned, as though we we're pure and perfect, holy, and also work as the requirement. Right. And so what does it look like for me to work as a post and activity? That means I work as unto the Lord. I work. I bring pleasure in my work. I bring joy in my work. My attitude for work is not one that looks down on work, but rather I, 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 I rejoice in working because I understand that I was created to work. Right. And by the way, I also get paid for working. And that's just one of the benefits, right? But when I use work solely as a tool for provision, solely as a post-sin activity, I'm operating within the bounds of the law and I'm under the curse. However, when I see it as an act of obedience and a tool for worship, I can then experience God's original intention for work, which what? Breaks the curse of sin. In other words, in order for me, you have to understand this, in order for me to break the curse of sin in the ground, in the economic structure, my attitude towards work must be a post, a pre-sin attitude towards work. I must see work as an act of worship. I must see work as an act of obedience. I must see work as unto the Lord. Now, what is work? Let's define it. What is work? So work is an activity involving mental and physical efforts that are designed to serve others and express our gratitude to God, right? It is an act of worship to God. It is an expression of our calling and gifting. That's work. So when we're talking about in this series about entrepreneurship as, as a tool for job creation, we we're saying entrepreneurship is a machine that can create a manufacturing plant for creating labor, right? Opportunities for folks to worship the Lord and express their calling, their gifting. Work is also a way that we demonstrate our love for God and for others because as we work in ministry, as we work in different uh, services, as we work in things that we believe we're doing it for God's sake, for God's purposes, it's an act of love. We are demonstrating, I love the Lord, therefore I'm able to do this, whatever that is. Because I love the Lord, because I love my children, my family, because I love you, I'm able, I, I work, I work so I can have to provide for my family, I work so that I can serve you, I work so that I can create products and services for you, right? It's an act of love. You know, my brother Victor was telling me the other day about the, 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 about the fact that he felt working for Nehemiah was a way for him to give back. Right. He, he said, you know, God has done so much for him. God has uh, protected him, provided for him, kept him from such that this. Now he gets paid for doing this. So he's not just doing it because he gets paid. Right. He's not just doing it as an act of provision, but he recognized out of gratitude for what God has done in his life. Therefore, he works. And by the way, he gets paid as well. Right. And by doing it, he's breaking the curse of the ground. 
right? He's, he's using, he's allowing work to be redemptive, right? This is powerful stuff. Now, so work is not just a demonstration of my love for you and my love for God. But also, it does bring provision. That, that's, 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 you know, goes without saying. But, but don't limit it to provision because you don't want to be under the curse of the law. But you want to take work beyond provision, right? You want, so what's your attitude towards work? What is your business or job? What's your attitude towards work? Because if you look at it as an act of worship, then guess what? You have the power of grace the grace of God, the all-sufficiency of Christ will enable you to, 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 to overcome great challenges at work. Whatever challenge you're facing, difficulties, the grace of God will keep you and enable you to overcome it because your approach to work is with the right attitude. Now, in their book, Why Work Called to Make a Difference by my good friends Nancy and Howard Olson, here's what they say. Work is the gift God has given us. He has divinely appointed tasks for us, tasks that only glorify him, but, but not only glorifies him, but also satisfies our needs as well, right? God's plan for work is a win-win situation. Let me read that again, right? That said, work is... is 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 uh, work is a gift from God. He's given it to us. He is divinely appointed task for us. Task that only not only glorifies Him but satisfies our need. God's plan for work is for it to be a win-win situation. So when we use entrepreneurship as entrepreneurs, when we create jobs. We are partnering with God, we're co-creating with God so that we can create opportunity for men and women to honor Christ and glorify him through work. You wanna change a society, create jobs. You wanna change a culture, create jobs. You wanna change a community, create jobs. I love it, Zamana says, using entrepreneurs as a tool for worship in the Lord. Amen, Zamana. That's what it's about. Now, I'm, I'm not gonna give you for the rest of our time, I'm gonna give you a list of the benefits of work, okay? Okay, before I give it to you, I have a few announcements to share with you. Some upcoming activities that we have here at the Nehemiah Project and our partners around the, around the world. Uh, we have, on the week of, of September 16th, we have Identity and Destiny, uh, which is a course that we offer, uh, Identity and Destiny, that's happening online uh, by Wendy and Brian Bueller. Uh, that's happening, uh, you wanna take advantage of it. Uh, it's coming up on the 16th of September. Uh, we also have a BE experience, a uh, urban impact BE experience on September 29th. You want to take advantage of that, go to our website and, and, and sign up for it. You can even see a link there. Uh, our Kenya office is doing a BE certificate program. You want to, uh, it starts on the 29th of September. You want to take advantage of that as well. Uh, and then also our Kenya office is also doing a, a, um, a, uh, a, a now then in Destiny course on September the 30th, you wanna also take advantage of that. Uh, and then there are several BSA program going on. There's a BSA class uh, coaching program, which is our business success accelerated group coaching program happening October 1 uh, for the urban impact and also happening uh, in Kenya as well. You wanna take advantage of that. And then uh, lastly, we have uh, 
online trainer certification and coach certification coming up in October through our, our HQ. So all those activities are happening. Uh, go to our event page and check them out so you can sign up and register and begin your journey towards building your kingdom company or towards being equipped to help others build a kingdom company. Zalmanah says, doing business with God is having the grace to overcome difficulties and hard situation. And to that, I say, amen. Good to see you, Zalmanah. All right, so let's, let's talk about the various benefits of work. All right, so the first benefit of work is that it allows us to express our purpose, which is to worship God, the creator, right? Besides all the things I've shared, all right? It, it, number two, it allows us to serve others, right? Number three, it allows us to provide for our needs and meet the needs of others. Because when you work, you get paid, takes for your needs, and also you're also able to meet the needs of others. It, it, it builds our character. Nothing like work builds character. A, a non-working person is a person that lacks character, right? They, they've not been fortified. Uh, it redeems us from the curse of the law. I've talked about that. Work is redemptive. It enables us to have so that we can give, right? Oftentimes, uh, many individuals, uh, you know, in the Christian community, many of us are highly generous, want to help, want to help a lot of people. But guess what? Without a job, without work, without a business, you will help no one, right? So, so get a job, create jobs. And by the way, one of the best ways to help people is not to give them stuff, but rather to create a job for them right? Create an opportunity for them to work for themselves so they can have to give. Because the Bible says this, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And how can you give unless you have a job? It is a source of fulfillment and a cure for depression and anxiety. Work is a source of fulfillment and a cure for depression and anxiety. Because when you work, you, you, you stop focusing on yourself, and you focus on others and what you're doing. And as you do it, 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 it kind of cultivate these, the, an immune system that helps you overcome those things. All right, by the way, it doesn't mean you should not take your medicine, but, but it means that work can be a good partner in you overcoming anxiety, fear, and depression. So if work has so many benefits, here's the question, why then, do so many people not embrace work? Well, a couple of reasons. First, they're either like I was as a child. You heard my story. If you haven't heard my story, go back to the other podcast. And by the way, you can also learn my story in my, in my new book, Essential Bill of Entrepreneurship. Team, put that link in there so that others can see it, want to take advantage of it. You know, where I grew up entitled, right? I, I was not forced to, I was not made to work, right? My parents, my mother particularly, did not instill in us good work ethic. She's an amazing worker, but she didn't insist that we work as she did, right? Or others are looking to their, their parents to give them everything and demanding nothing from them, right? And both leads to entitlement, right? Or they're not working as on to the Lord or therefore unable to tap into the rest that Jesus showed. You, some people don't like work because they're not tapping to the grace of work, right? Working as unto the Lord, working as a pre-sin activity versus a post-sin activity. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you what rest. Take my yoke 
Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your souls. So if so, if you are if you are not if you have not been able to overcome the curse uh, of of the ground, and and you are feeling like work is a is a dread that work is, that means you've not yet tapped into the grace of God. You need to come to Jesus. If you're labor and heavy laden, he'll give you rest. Take his yoke because upon you and learn from him because he's gentle, learning a lowly heart. You will find rest for your soul. I mean, that is just good stuff. In other words, work not only has redemptive purpose, but through Christ, you can be empowered by the grace of God to be able to work as unto him and enjoy your work versus work. You become a victim of work. You become a victor of work. I hope you enjoyed this, this seminar, I mean, not seminar, uh, this podcast. And um, tomorrow we're going to talk, about, we're gonna have an open mic we have open mic tomorrow where we're going to have Ask the Coach feature where you'll get a chance to ask whatever question you like. And I'm going to answer your question, whether you're dealing in your business, your ministry, your organization. Share with your friends. Tell them tomorrow on the podcast. Well, for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour, we're going to deal with um, your questions and the concern that you might have in your business or whatever, whether it's retaining job, creating jobs, marketing, sales, finance, whatever it is. It's going to be a free uh, coaching time. Don't forget to join us uh, tomorrow uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, um, we want you to, if you've enjoyed this podcast, want you to share it. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with those who you know they need to learn the importance of work and the importance of job creation through entrepreneurship. Right? Put in your social media feed, share it. And then, if you've enjoyed it, then we want you to, and you want to know how we can. Come alongside you and work with you to support you in the growing of your business, in the building of a kingdom company. Go to our website, nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. And there uh, you will learn about our training programs. I'll share some of that with you, our coaching program. You also learn about our access to capital uh, so that if you need capital, we can come alongside you and connect with investors. And then you also learn how you can join our e-community so that together we can transform the world. Having said that, see you tomorrow. Let me pray for you. Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents that are under your care through work and to steward them in such a way that one day we might hear those wonderful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over much. God bless you. Thank you for watching and being with us today.